0: Our scripture this morning comes from Genesis, chapter 41, verses 33 through 43. (laughs) And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country, to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt, so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, Can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you, You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command, and people shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt." This is the word of God for the people of God.
1: Well, good morning, friends. Let's begin with prayer, shall we? Lord, we thank you for your many blessings. We also thank you for our times of trouble. For we know that whether in good times or bad, you are there with us and for us. We believe that there is purpose in our waiting. God, allow us to wait through delays and disappointments in order for you to refine us and prepare us for things to come. In Jesus' name, amen. The story of uh, Joseph is often characterized by the theme of dreams and interpretation of dreams. You know, today we don't place as much stock in dreams as the Bible does. I don't know if that's because of our dependence on scientific method for the discovery of new ideas or if we think that dreams and visions are too mystical, too mysterious to take seriously. The Sigmund Freud School of Dreams tells us that uh, we dream because of some sexual repression or some psychological disorder. Lay people tend to associate dreams with the movies that they've recently watched or the spicy food that they had the night before. But, you know, perhaps we take dreams too lightly. Maybe, just maybe, we should take a more serious look at what God is trying to tell us. The main character in our current sermon series, Regular Joe, is a man whose whole life has been marked by dreaming and the interpretation of dreams. We first meet Joe in chapter 37 of Genesis, and at this point, he's an arrogant, know-it-all teenager who is daddy's favorite, and all of his brothers know it, and they don't like it one bit. They especially don't like it when Joe tells them of his latest dream that one day all of them will bow down to him. Even his father, Jake, had trouble with one of his dreams that even he will submit himself to Joe at one point. At this point, Joe's 17-year-old worldview had himself at the center of the universe and everything else revolved around him. And as we know, he has a lot to learn. Or to put it in the words of Pastor Steve in his great message of last week, God had Joe wait through delays and disappointments in order to refine him and prepare him for things to come. You know, it's hard to wait for our dreams to be fulfilled, but there is purpose in the waiting. Joe was almost murdered. Sold as a slave, first to a group of Ishmaelites and then to an officer of the Pharaoh's court, then imprisoned in a dungeon, all in a span of 13 years. And in all of these delays and disappointments, God is working on Joe to refine him and prepare him for what is to come. Do you feel that your dreams are, on, are just stuck do you feel that someone has hit the pause button on, on what your dreams were when you were younger? You know, you're, you're really trying hard to be patient. You want to be a deep, daring, and daily disciple, but things happen. You lose your job, and you don't know where the income will come to pay the bills, your health lets you down, and you can't do the things that you want to do. Your spouse or your significant other has let you down again. You're right there in the dungeon with Joe. You know, one thing that Joe has going for him is that he has never lost his connection with God. Through all of his troubles with his brothers, he stayed with God. God. Through his false accusation of attempted rape, he stayed with God. And what's more important is that God has stayed with Joseph. And friends, God has stayed with you. You are in a time of waiting right now, and, and God has never left your side. In fact, God wants to use this time of waiting to refine you and prepare you because there are things to come that you need to be ready for, just like Joe. And that brings us to our Scripture verse for today. Today we are in uh, chapter 41 of Genesis, and we find that Joseph is now 30 years old. If you remember Pastor Steve's message of last week, we learned that when Joe was 28 and in prison, He interprets two dreams of his fellow inmates. One was a baker. One was Pharaoh's cup holder. He begs them to remember him when they get to Pharaoh, but they forget. The time isn't right yet. At the start of chapter 41, we read that Pharaoh has had a really bad night. Two nightmares have kept him awake, and he doesn't know what they mean. And so he... he summons his top advisors but none of them know what the dreams mean either. Suddenly the Pharaoh's cupbearer who was in prison with Joe remembers there was this this guy that uh, that he met two years ago who could interpret dreams. Maybe maybe Pharaoh should ask him to interpret his dreams and so Pharaoh calls in Joseph but first has to get him cleaned up. Egyptians were clean freaks, and and they hated facial hair. They wouldn't like Pastor Steve or myself very much. Joseph shaved his hair off. He got cleaned up. He he put on a, a new set of clothes, and then he set out to meet Pharaoh. Pharaoh then told him his dreams. Now, the two dreams were similar but different. In the first dream, seven fat cows were grazing by the Nile River when seven ugly cows came up and stood beside the fat, sleek cows and ate them up. This caused Pharaoh to wake up. And then when he went back to sleep, he dreamed that seven full heads of grain grew on one stalk, and after them grew seven thin heads of grain, who swallowed up the seven full heads. Again, he woke up. Then Pharaoh asked Joseph if if he could interpret these dreams. And, And Joseph surprised him by saying, no, I cannot. Can you imagine saying no to the Pharaoh? But he says, no, I can't, but God can. Now, what is surprising about this is that it really shows the maturity of Joseph over the years of God working on him to prepare him for this moment. When Joe was an immature lad of 17, he was confident in his own interpretation of dreams. At that time, Joe put himself first. And now 13 years later, Joseph puts God first and himself second. He says he doesn't have the ability to interpret dreams, but that God will use him to interpret the dreams. Joseph tells Pharaoh that the dreams are one and the same. Egypt will have seven years of good harvest, followed by seven years of famine. And the reason that there are two dreams with the same theme is that this matter has been decided, and it will happen. Now, here's where our lesson for today begins. Now, I'm an old English and speech teacher, so I want you to take out your pencils right now and I want you to get ready to write. Get something to write on. And I want to start with verse 33 of Genesis 41. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man. I call the first point that I want to talk about today personality. Write this down. What Joseph is saying is that what is first needed is a person with the characteristics of being discerning and wise. Now, discerning means one who can make the right choices, the right decisions. When conflict arises, this person makes the right, selects the right answer. Does anybody here remember the the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? The discerning man is the one for whom the knight says, you have chosen wisely. And wisdom is the second qualification. This person makes the right choice, not because they're lucky, but because they have a storehouse of knowledge. This person who's wise has experience and knows through trial and error what will work and what will not. You see, this is what the period of waiting is for, for you to build up your storehouse of knowledge and experience so that you can be wise. The other part, important part of discernment and wisdom is that this person defers the choice to God and not to themselves. This is maturity, spiritual maturity. Maturity. The immature person takes all the credit for success for themselves, whereas the spiritually mature person gives all the credit to God for leading them on the right paths. As Proverbs 16.9 says, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps then let's move on to the rest of verse 33 of Genesis 41. It says, And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man, and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Now for here, for this point, I use the word picture. Write it down. I use picture because what is also needed is someone who can look at the big picture. Do you notice here that Joseph says that we need to appoint a person to look over all of Egypt, not just the palace, not just to look over Pharaoh, but all of Egypt. Most of us have difficulty with this concept. We see and we feel what is happening to us in the immediate, and then we react to that. Joseph says that God wants people who are wise and discerning, people who put God first— And also people who can see the big picture. Joseph advises Pharaoh to select a person who can be in charge of all of Egypt and make decisions based on seeing the big picture. A person who does not see the big picture might enjoy those seven years of of plenty, but not be prepared for the next seven when the famine hits. What about you? Are you more concerned with what is right in front of you at this moment in your life? Or do you have the ability to step back and see what is happening now is just one part of God's big picture for you. You know, financial advisors will tell you, don't worry about the highs and the lows of the stock market in one particular time period, but look at the overall success of a stock over a long period, say 20 years or more. Again, we see the maturity of Joseph here. When he was 17, when any of us were 17, all we could see was was right in front of us, now, if you could go back and talk to your 17-year-old self, I'm sure you would have a lot of advice to give. But at 17, would you listen? And then there are those who can't handle the important big-picture issues of life. I have to admit that, that my natural state is to be one of these people. I find that I sometimes create a crisis so that I have to deal with the current crisis and then therefore I have an excuse not to deal with the big questions of life. In the 1960s a man by the name of Charles Hummel published a little booklet called Tyranny of the Urgent and it quickly became an instant classic. In this booklet Hummel argues that there is regular tension between things that are urgent and things that are important and far too often the urgent wins. So we see that what's needed for success in life is a personality that is discerning and wise, one that puts God first in our life. We also see that we need to have the ability to see the important big issues of life. But there's more. Let's look at verses 34, 35, and 36 in today's reading. Let the Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grains under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so the country may not be ruined by the famine. Now I call this section the plan. Write it down. When we have put God first in our life, and we consider the big picture, then we need a plan to get us from where we are currently to where we want to be. Now, Joseph's plan for the pharaoh was to save 20% each year for seven years and not use it. And when the seven years of famine were to come to Egypt, then they would have not only enough for their own needs, but also enough to sell to other nations as well. I'm sure you know the old adage, people who fail to plan, plan to fail. Well, I don't know if we plan to fail... But I do know that most of us just don't have a plan. We live day to day. In fact, we're much like sheep looking down, eating the good grass right in front of us, not looking up, not seeing the dangers ahead, not noticing that we're drifting away from the path. You know, I think Isaiah said it best when he said, we all like sheep have gone astray, Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the inequity of us all. You know, friends, we've all taken the wrong turn. We've made the wrong choice. We've zigged when we should have zagged. We've all gotten lost. We need the shepherd's rod to beat away the predators. We need the shepherd's staff to pick us up from the crook of the stone to guide us on our way. We need the shepherd. Friends, God has a plan for your life and you would do well to find out what it is. God's plan for Joseph was that he would eventually save his people from famine and make God's plan of a coming Messiah possible. You see, Jesus came through the line of Judah, who was Joseph's brother. Judah might have died had it not been for the plan that God enacted by Joseph. So what's God's plan for you? It's worth investigating and finding out. God wants to use you for a great purpose. So we see that our formula for success depends on us having a personality that puts God first, the ability to see the big picture, and working God's plan. But there's more. Let's look at Genesis 41, verses 37 through 40. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and all his officials, so Pharaoh asked them, "'Can we find anyone like this man?' One in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made known all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Joseph had the personality. He saw the picture He had the plan, and now Pharaoh gives him the power. Write it down. Now, when I say Pharaoh gave him the power, I I was not exactly correct. You see, Joseph had the power the whole time. Let Let me explain. When Joe depended on his own wisdom and resources to be a success, He was powerless. He couldn't stop his brothers from throwing him down the well to die. He couldn't stop his brothers from selling him as a slave. He couldn't stop the false accusation from Potiphar's wife that landed him in prison. Joe was powerless. And you know what? By our own wisdom and resources, we too are powerless. It was only when Joseph put God first in his life, when he depended on God to take care of him, when he followed God's plan, no matter where that led, it was only then that he had power. And it was not his power, but it was the power of God. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, Joseph knew God's plan and trusted God enough to follow that plan. And you know, that made him a success in the eyes of the world. But he was already a success in the eyes of God. You see, Joseph was a man after God's own heart. And what about you? To be a success, you need to have the personality that puts God first in your life. To be a success, you need to see the picture of what is really happening all around you. To be a success, you need to follow God's plan for your life. And when you do all of this, you will have the power of the Holy Spirit, and you will be a success in the eyes of God. Who could ask? for anything more. Let us pray. Lord we are much like young Joe depending on ourselves and finding more failures than successes. Help us to be wise and discerning putting you first in our lives. Let us see the big picture of our life with all of its ugliness and all of its beauty. Reveal to us your plan for our lives and give us the faith to see that plan through. We surrender to Jesus Christ and accept the power from the Holy Spirit. In God's almighty power, we pray. Amen.